Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to a no-fishing-license-necessary weekend in Louisiana and a no-fishing-license uh, Saturday in Alabama for you Alabama listeners. Uh, you do have, if you're going offshore in Alabama, you do have to get that $10 offshore permit, but everything else, fishing inside, saltwater, freshwater, is absolutely free. No license required, and it's right on time for some fishing events we've got this weekend. A uh, really nice little event being put on by the Southeast Louisiana National Wildlife Refuges Complex, also the Friends of Louisiana Refuges. They're having a virtual youth fishing rodeo these two days, it gets started at 7.30 this morning, and it wraps up at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Very simple to do. Uh, have your youngster fishing, 15 years or younger, and when they catch a fish, take a picture. There is a form that you fill out with their name and the location, just two questions, and you send that picture in to Southeast Louisiana National Wildlife Refuges. You can Google them. You can either send it to their email or their Facebook page. If you go to my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, uh, I've got a, a, a download. You can download a photo of that youth fishing rodeo form that you need to have the picture taken with. They're going to award prizes on Monday, June the 14th on a live program. So great little opportunity for the kids to get out. All right, for you big kids, we've got the Swole Fest Fishing Rodeo to benefit Children's Hospital. That's going on this weekend down in Grand Isle. Over in Delacro, the Rick's Cabaret slash Puglius Sporting Goods Rodeo. That's at Sweetwater Marina in Delacro. I am told there's a huge amount of prizes down there. You might want to get in on some of the fun. And uh, this is not really a rodeo, but a big event that goes on in St. Bernard Parish. It's called the On Water Seafood Market. They have an open market, 6104 Hopedale Highway in Hopedale. Uh, it's on the water right directly from the boat. You can pick up fresh seafood, shrimp, crabs, etc., and also got some ready-to-eat dinners there, too. So great opportunity to get down there and stock up on some seafood. That's going to be from 9 a.m. this morning until 1 o'clock this afternoon. All right. If you haven't bought your fishing license yet, uh, you need to do that before the end of June. They all expire on June 30th unless you're a lifetime holder. But uh, enjoy it because you're going to pay more next year. 
Uh, only thing uh, between that and not happening is if the governor decides not to sign House Bill 691. There were a lot of amendments made to the original bill, but it has been passed and forwarded to the governor's desk, and you'll pay more to hunt and fish in Louisiana for the most part next year. You can check it all out on the website at Wildlife and Fisheries or go to Louisiana Legislature and do a search for House Bill 691. Uh, speaking of that 691, there was a lot of things that were put in there that are going to be new. Now, there's a new duck stamp, print, and license conservation fund. We're going to talk about where your money goes if you pay to hunt ducks in Louisiana. We're going to talk to Joey Galatis, former Delta Waterfowl chairman. Uh, He's also a very concerned waterfowl hunter about what we have been telling you now for a couple of years. We have a duck hunting crisis in Louisiana, and I don't think enough attention has been focused on it. We'll talk to him about that. Also, the controversial bill, House Bill 535, we've been tracking this throughout the legislative session, uh, creating a buffer zone for the pogey boats. How did that wind up? Uh, David Cresson will join us again to talk about that. CCA Star Rodeo, boy, underway. Going to run down some highlights, maybe find some opportunities on that leaderboard for you to win some big prizes. Also, we had a, speaking of tournaments, we had a well-known Louisiana guy walked away with lots of Alabamians' money in the Cajun uh Canyon Billfish Classic that was held out at Orange Beach last weekend. Uh, we got his picture up on my Facebook page. I'll tell you who he is and what he did if you don't recognize him. And if you were tuned in last week, we were at Mrs. Rose's Bed and Breakfast, Crawfish Haven, and Kaplan with a rain and rainstorm doing the show. But it all cleared up. We got out. We caught lots of brim and bass. We caught and cooked some crawfish. We caught some frogs. And when I returned, I witnessed something I've never seen. In all my decades of Louisiana's woods and waters travels, and I can now check it off my bucket list. And I'll ask you if you have checked it off your bucket list yet. That's coming up. Plus, I had a lot of bad boys of the outdoor story to choose from. Only one will be dishonored this week. Well, actually, it's one story, but two alleged violators. We've got that coming up for you. Also, those live up-to-the-minute reports from our field staff, plus your text, fishing reports, questions, comments, 504-260-1870. Back with the Coastal Marine forecast and Robbie Campos' report right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, here's your Coastal Marine forecast for the weekend. <clears throat> Going to be hot, hot. Got some high temperatures in the 90s. Uh, only about a 20% chance of rain today, 50% tomorrow. Offshore, west winds 10 to 15 knots, 2 to 4 feet seas offshore. On the interior lakes and bays, those 10 to 15 westerly winds will present a light chop. Uh, pretty much the same for tomorrow. Maybe a little bit northwest direction in it for tomorrow. And a little bit higher seas for those of you fishing for the red snapper season and also those uh, tournaments that have offshore categories. Let's talk to Robbie Campo down at Shell Beach, Campos Marina, find out what the latest is there. Good morning, Robbie. What kind of conditions have you got? Were the weather guessers pretty right this weekend? Well, Don, yeah, we got a we got a little light a light southwest wind this morning. It's not blowing too hard yet, but it is out of the southwest nevertheless. Um, it was out of the southwest yesterday also. Uh, but you know, Don, it didn't stop the fish from biting. Uh, they did. They did very well yesterday morning early at, at the rigs out here at Breton Sound um, over the wood of Chandelier Islands. They did good along the islands yesterday. Uh, guys that were wade fishing did really well. Uh, our other guys that went out to go do snapper fishing, man, they they caught some beautiful mangroves yesterday. 
um, man, I've seen some. I've seen some of the biggest mangoes I think I've ever seen in my life come in yesterday. Um, I tell you, it's just been a phenomenal week of fishing, um, Don. But I do, I do want to touch on this live bait situation here, right quick. Look, um, if you're coming in this morning on Paris Road or coming in through Shellmat or whatever, um, the the bait situation is getting where water's getting too hot, water temperatures are hot, we're losing plenty. Um, stop at uh, the two places on Paris Road, which would be Bait Incorporated and the Old Golf Island Marina by Tony Kutcher. Uh, you, you know, you have an opportunity to get bait. Don't pass it up because when you get down here, there's going to be a lot of uh, sorry face, sad face. <laughs> I don't want to see that. you got very limited supply of bait at Delacroix Island. You're going to have the same thing at Hopedale, and you got the same thing here. And you have a chance to get it up at up at Paris Road, so uh, I would definitely say make that stop. I mean, because I don't want people to be disappointed. Um, uh, it, it, Don, just get to where, you know, the water's 82 degrees. I mean, we're losing plenty. Um, you know, your mortality rate overnight is over half, so it's 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 a mess. Um, I got oh, I got a line down here. It's probably a hundred deep right now. I'm sure somebody's going to be um, frowning in a little bitty while. But uh, with that said, you know it's a beautiful weekend, people. So I mean, don't uh, sit in the house. Just come on out. I mean, I, you know, kind of the basic all I could tell you. Um, Lake Lake Bourne um, on the east. I mean, on the western shoreline of Lake Bourne. Caught some redfish over there yesterday. So, uh, you know, look, don't sit in the house. Come on out, get in the sun, get you some vitamin D. Robbie, if somebody was planning on picking up live bait, and unfortunately you're going to be out, maybe the other two locations may be running short or they didn't stop, do you have li- uh, dead bait where they can, you know, just kind of tip some of the plastics with dead bait? I guess that's second choice if you can't get the live. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 that's an option. We have plenty of that. Um, you know we got plenty of dead bait here, so. But um, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, if you most people want to fish live bait this time of the year, so you have an option on your way in to get it. I would suggest you stop and get it. These guys should use your business. Um, you know, look, they're good friends of mine. Um, you know, and they and they have bait up there, and they don't usually sell out on Saturdays. So you know, look, we got real busy weekend going on down here. We have Marine Club Rodeo here. You got Rich Cabaret deal down at down at Delacroix Island. You got you know this is it's a fiasco, man. <laughs> so <laughs> and then you know hey, then it's summertime in Louisiana. Look, it beats right, what we were going through last year, huh? <laughs> you you better know it. Look and and on top of that, Don, you know, look, we are a station for CCA tournament. So if you do catch something, bring it here and we'll weigh it in for you, and we'll be glad to do it. Robbie, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but you weighed in, or somebody at your marina weighed in the number one mangrove snapper on the board right now. I was checking leaderboard, and I'm going to run it down a little bit later on, but 11.77 mangrove. That's a monster. And it came out, you know, I would wonder how, how your grandpa Blackie would react. You know, all the years he worked down there, and, you know, redfish, trout, redfish, trout, some sheephead. But now they're catching bass. And they bringing in offshore fish, you know, red snap and, and, and mangrove snapper with regularity. It was a rarity back then, but the bigger, faster boats allows people to get out there right now. Yeah, well, you know, Don, and they're catching these snappers, um, you know, in 35 feet of water that's just right off the outside of the islands. So if you have a 25-foot, 22, 25-foot boat, people are going out there and, you know, 
pick your, pick your days now. I mean, make sure the conditions are right. I don't want nobody to go out there and get any trouble and, you know, and, and you know, sink or whatever. But, you know, you pick your days and you get out there. I mean, people are doing it, man. They're going out there and they're catching some really, really, really nice snappers in, in not too deep of water. Um, I think those fish are so thick, Don, they have to go somewhere. <laughs> you know, they're looking for all the rigs to go get around something, man. Right. It's, you know, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But, hey, it is what it is. But, look, if you're coming down, come on down see us. Hook the left. And remember, people, if you're coming in and you're going to fish a little bit later in the morning, stop up in Shellmet and get bait and see, or see if they have bait. Make some phone calls because I can promise you, I can promise you, you know, here shortly here in the next, you know, little bitty while, you know, we're going to be out. So, um, I mean, just our mortality rate is just through the roof, Don. It's just water's too hot. It's too hot. I'm hot. (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah, that's it. All right, Rob, thanks for all the info. We really appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week, my friend. All right, Don. Talk to you later, my man. Bye-bye. All right, Robbie Campo at Campos Marina in Shell Beach. Those two places, Bait Incorporated and also the old Gulf Alton Marina, Tony Kutcher. All right, we come back after this. It's time for our freshwater report with Jeff Rule. He's back to do that right after this three-minute pause where you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And that music tells us it's time to hear Jeff Rule's Freshwater Fishing Report, it's made possible by Berkeley, the makers of that new limited edition Gulp Translucent 3 and 4 inch shrimp. Get the Gulp scent dispersing shrimp in those translucent colors like Sangria, Scooby, Starry Night, and Flamingo Flash. Check with your favorite tackle store or bait shop for those Gulp Translucent Shrimp by Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. Might be a good alternative when that live bait, as Robbie Campo was saying, is hard to get. Let's talk to Jeff Brule, find out where you can throw some of those baits right now. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, man, Chef Pass uh, declining in bass. It's been so great the last couple of years. What do you think is the situation over there? I don't, I don't know. It's hard to figure out. Uh, the reports are kind of poor from the area. Anglers are struggling just to, to find a few fish. I don't know if it's just maybe a decline in population because of the cold snap that we had and some of the other bad weather. But it's, you know, in my last two or three trips over there, it wasn't like the 50, 60 bass trips. It was more a dozen, 15 fish. You know, you know we're still catching a few nice fish, but overall, the where you go catch a lot of fish, those trips have declined. So I think it's probably maybe due water being high and fish being way back up in the grass, things like that. So, you know, just time will tell. We're getting a lot of west wind this next week, so if it pulls all the water out of the marsh and the fish start setting up on the rocks and the mist to go, uh, reports should, should come back up. But, you know, it could be just maybe nature's way. It just kind of cleaned it out a little bit. It's got to start over. Yeah, well, of course, we haven't had a spillway opening this year to dump in all that fresh Mississippi River water full of bait and and, uh, and predator fish, so that could be a clue, too. So let's talk about the Atchafalaya Basin. The uh, river's still at five foot. Just won't give us a break and get down to those right levels. If somebody's fishing that area, what would you suggest? Yeah, we're looking for four foot on the Morgan City gauge, uh, and hopefully in a few weeks when Mississippi begins, it's kind of a slow fall. We'll, we'll get that number, and the fishing will improve. But they are they are catching some fish over there. You, Kind of want to look in, like in the Lake Red area, get around the cypress trees, the points, the flats, the choke down areas, uh, you know, where the, you get either shade or some moving water. You know, some of the other hot spots, if you can find any kind of 
draining water, like a big slough or something where the water might be mixed, and that would be another key area to look for. But always, when it gets hotter, the, the more moving water you have, the better. So that's what you're trying to look for. And when you throw in plastics, like Texas rigs or things like that, kind of slow your presentation down this time of year. And in the early morning, you can try your top water baits. Often they're good if you see shad or brim or something like that in the area. That, that top water can be good very early in the morning. Another real popular spot is uh, Pearl River. I was there a couple days ago on the upper end, and, boy, it was still high and muddy. But you snuck in a really good trip in between those rains. Tell us about that. And those are the kind of trips you live for on the Pearl. Oh, yeah, it was one of those, you know, from start to finish, it pretty much was constant action. It just We just hit it right. It kind of got down below 10 feet, and we hit some of the sloughs and things like that. And we, we're, I was fishing with my cousin Tom Brule, and he loves to pan fish, so that's kind of what we're doing. We're doing beetle spins, and we caught a nice mix of red ear, goggle eye, brim, white perch, and bass. And we probably caught over 70 bass, And but the problem was if I took all 70 of them, they probably wouldn't have filled up a five-gallon bucket. We caught them from three inches to eight inches all day long. So that's a good indication that they've had some spawns up there, and there's going to be a lot of fish on the river. Um, some Even some of the better fish we caught had eggs. But the the brim and all that were just staging, so I think that the next month or two is going to be very good fishing up there if, if we can get the rain to stop and the river to come down. So you can still sneak around some of the areas and catch fish, but just limits to where you can go and what you can do. So hopefully this next month we say everything gets right and we'll be able to catch a lot of fish over there. Jeff, that bait you were using, the old Johnson beetle spin, I call that the Swiss Army knife of, of freshwater fishing. Describe the bait. What do you like about it and how do you use it? It's basically like the original, what they call safety pin. And people who remember diaper cloth diapers know what a safety pin looks like. Uh, but it's got a little curl to it wrapped around, and it's got a spinner blade on one side and a, a wire bin where you can put a jig on the other side and just put a plastic on the tail. But you've, you've already pre, preset when you buy them. They come with an extra couple tails. But we use even a 1 ounce model. Seemed like the silver blade was doing a little better than the gold blade because my cousin was he was wearing me out with those little bass. But I like an orange tail on the pearl this time of year. There's a lot of goggle eye and brim have that color on them. The catawba worms, if they're following, use a chartreuse tail. But just throw it around cypress trees, little drains. Uh, but make sure you work it all the way back to the boat because often those panfish will stay just off the drop-off in those little sharp, sharp bayous. And uh, you can catch a lot of fish. We caught just about any kind of variety that swam. Yeah, those little bass will tear it up, too. Jeff, I just got a report in on a tournament. The Carnarvon Bass Trails got a team tournament next uh, Saturday, June 19th, out of the Delacro Corporation launch in Braithwaite, $160 per team, 100% payout. I guess they're taking entries at the launch. That's next Saturday morning at Delacro Corporation launch. Uh, any reports on Carnarvon area for bass fishing for these guys that will be in it? It's kind of slow over there, too. I haven't got a lot of reports. Uh, like I said, I don't know with the water and the weather that we've had the last three months what it's done to the fish. I don't know if it's like pushed them deeper or pushed them further back. Uh, the reports hadn't really been very good across that area from Chef Pass all the way around to Delacroix. But, yeah, the fish, I didn't hear of any big fish kills, so they're there somewhere. Somebody's going to figure them out, and they're going to come in with a good, good sack. So it'll be interesting to see what the weights were. I know like on the north shore of Chapunk to, you know, five, six, seven pounds 
because the rivers are so high, that's what it takes to win some of these tournaments. When the w- river gets up, just everything floods and the fish go in the backwoods. So better well, days are coming. To- Good luck to those folks that will be fishing that uh, Carnarvon Bass Trail Team Tournament. All right, Jeff, thanks for the report. Good guy. Uh, good report and uh, some, some of my down news, but it's always good to know where not to go as much as it is to go. We appreciate your report, Jeff, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Don. All right, Jeff Brule, our freshwater fishing reporter. We come back after this. Your text message is 504-260-1870. That's how I got that information on that bass tournament. Give us your reports, your comments, your questions. It's all welcome, and we'll be right back to share it with our audience and run down some of these many, many events that are coming up on our calendar. It's all right here, outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio and, uh, yeah, I wanted to tell you a little bit about a, a guy. I call him, well, he's a Louisiana man. If you remember, we used to play the Louisiana man theme song uh, for, for Tofield Bourgeois. His name came up this week. I was uh, chatting with Chris Farlow, who was the owner of Valaire Custom Homes in Fairhope, Alabama. And he said he listened to Tofield regularly on the radio, and he was just one of his favorites. Loved his personality. Loved his uh, Cajun-ness, if that's a word. And it was on his bucket list to go fishing with Tofield. And unfortunately, as most of you know, we lost Tofield in that tragic uh, airplane crash uh, when he was headed out to coming back from what he loved to do the most, and that was fly out to the Chandelier Islands and fish. But I did want to tell you a little story about another Louisiana man. He's our Attorney General, Jeff Landry. We've got his photo up on my Facebook page. He competed in the Cajun Canyons Billfish Classic uh, last weekend over on the Alabama coast. His team won the top boat four blue marlin, and one tuna. And that picture is a 10-foot, 547.8-pound blue marlin. He also had 146.6 yellowfin tuna. So congratulations to Louisiana Attorney General and outstanding angler, a Louisiana man, Mr. Jeff Landry. Way to go, Jeff. All right, we come back from this uh, quick station identification pause. Going to get to your text messages if you'd like to share one with our audience. i got a question you need answered. 504-260-1870. We're back after we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And uh, checking on our text message board here, we've got one coming in from uh, the Backstrap Stacker. He's checking in. He's out in the Mississippi Sound this morning trying to fill up the fish box before the sun gets too hot. Dog days of summer almost here. Some would say they are here, but we know it's going to maybe get a little worse as we head into August. Be careful if you're headed out. Take all your precautions, the sunscreen, plenty of ice, lots of uh, liquids, and uh, not the alcoholic type until you get back. All right, here's a question from David Hubble, who I I saw this week uh, on my stop in Alabama. David is the uh, proprietor of Hubble's Hearth. That's H-U-B-B-E-L-L, two B's, two L's. Uh, He's got the cottage kitchen over there, and he makes uh, jams and jellies and lots of good stuff. You can check his Facebook page out. In fact, you can order some and have it shipped. But he's asking me, how was the crawfish omelet in Boudin egg rolls in our breakfast last week? at Mrs. Rose Bread and Breakfast in Kaplan, Louisiana. Well, David, i got to tell you, that crawfish omelet and boudin egg rolls, it tasted as good as it sounds. But the only thing could have made it better if it, I had a little bit of uh, Hubble's jelly to put on that. i tell you, that boudin egg roll, that is uh, very difficult to beat for a morning breakfast. All right, we're also hearing from Justin in the Gentilly Refuge. He says the wildlife knows it's uh, summer. They got the birds active, the dragonflies, and June bugs are everywhere. Well, be happy we're not having the 17-year invasion of the cicadas. Uh, my daughter 
number three that lives up in Tennessee. Uh, they are inundated with cicadas. They're everywhere. But, you know, the good thing about cicadas for turkey hunt, turkeys love them, and it's pure protein for them. All right, do want to remind you, all licenses expire in Louisiana end of this month. If you buy now, it becomes effective now, and it's good through the end of next year, June of 2022. Also, when you're renewing or buying your first-time license, uh, they are asking if you'd like to make a cash donation to Hunt for the Hungry, which is one of the organizations I really believe in. They do some great work. Uh, it's, a, it's a great public uh, awareness effort for hunters, and it provides some uh, sorely needed food for the, the, uh, the misfortunate. So check that yes box. Make your cash donation. We'll be telling you all through the year how to donate your fish now and your game to some of those collection sites for hunters for the hungry. All right, CCA Star Tournament is well underway. I got a copy of the leaderboard. I'll run down who the leaders are and maybe help you find some opportunities. But when you buy that license to go fishing, pick up a star ticket. You don't want to get caught without it and catch one of those tagged redfish. It might cost you a boat, motor, and trailer, or possibly an RV or some other of those wonderful prizes. We're back right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, got a text in from texter number 3751. Did House Bill 535 pass? Oh, and the dog days have begun. Heard the cicadas begin singing on Thursday. Uh, 535 was amended. They changed that half-mile buffer to one quarter. I believe the author and the proponents of that bill rejected it. Uh, It went back for reconsideration, and David Cresson is going to update us just before we go off at the uh, second hour, so be tuned in for that, and he'll give you the final disposition on House Bill 535 to create that buffer zone for the Menhaden boats. All right, um, let's see. Oh, I was coming back from uh, Mrs. Rose's bed and breakfast. Uh, Had a great time out there. I suggest, strongly suggest you go out there, and um, i got to tell you, uh, uh, our friend uh, Mr. Toops does just a wonderful job out there. Barry Toops is the proprietor. You can catch your own crawfish, boil them. Uh, you can fish off the dock, and, and just really, he's got some wonderful wildlife that you can spot out there. I had an alligator in his pond, a crawfish pond. Uh, the, the Mexican whistling ducks were flying overhead. Great place. But on my way back, had a special event happen. You know, I uh, have heard about, from the old-timers that are no longer here, about the black bear in Louisiana. And one of the things on my bucket list was to encounter a black bear in the wild in Louisiana. And I know they're they're a lot more prevalent now through the restocking program, and most of it takes place in the upper Chafalaya Basin in that area, but it extends all the way down to the coast, and those bears are wide-ranging, so they get into some places where you might least expect to find them. Well, on the way back on Highway 90, I was passing near the Weeks Island area, and I noticed something on the side of the road at the edge of the woods. And at first I thought it was, it looked like a big Rottweiler dog. As I got closer, then I thought, well, this has got to be a black hog. The shape is not dog-like. And then when I got right up on top of it, I could see that muzzle, and everybody else in the truck did too. And it was a black bear sitting at the edge of the woods, I guess trying to decide whether he wanted to cross that busy highway or not. Uh, it took me a while to find a turnaround. We had cameras ready, going to take pictures, and and he had vanished by the time we got back. But I finally got to see, for the first time ever in my life, a Louisiana black bear. And I, I can only identify that 
with people who come here and have never seen an alligator, and they see one for the first time. So very exciting and rewarding to see that black bear, and it, it's a tribute to the Louisiana black bear program, where they're actually considering instituting a, a hunting season for black bear because they, they are reached that population in Louisiana. All right, so much for that. Let's get to some of this uh, star tournament. Get 29 way stations for CCA star tournament where you can buy a ticket or at any of their banquets. Looking at the leaderboard, familiar name, Ed Sexton of Baton Rouge. He's the leader for the speckled trout east. He had a 6.36-pound fish, caught it at Cypress Cove. That's pretty respectable for that east zone. Uh, the southeast area, Dustin Joseph Benedeno. He's got a 6.34 for Port Fouchon. That is very respectable for that midsection of the state. Uh, flounder category, Brandon Morgan, 2.10, uh, weighted in at Gales Bait Shop in Leeville. Uh, August J. Guillot, 11.77. That's that one I was talking to about Robbie. He weighed his mangrove snapper in at Robbie's uh, Campos Marina in Shell Beach. Uh, Lemonfish, Thomas Ross Inquist, has a 60.5-pounder. Uh, Bridgeside Marine is where he weighed it in. Uh, a lot of these uh, categories, particularly those other divisions of speckled trout, they don't have anything. There's openings on the board if you want to get one in, especially for that west zone and the southwest zone. A red snapper, Beth Olin's the leader, 21.90 pounds. That was weighed in at Port Fouchon Marina, and snapper has become a very hotly contested category in this event. Uh, fly fishing, nothing on the east, but this is for speckled trout. Fly fisherman on the west, Tony Hayden's the leader with a 1.25 pound. He weighed in at Hackberry Fishing Camp and Marina. A 1.25-pound trout doesn't sound like much. When you're trying to catch them with a fly rod, I don't know if you've ever fished trout with a fly rod. Speckled trout uh, is probably one of the most difficult saltwater fish to catch, unless you really get into them in a frenzy, and then you can weigh it in on a leaderboard. Ladies only, speckled trout for the east side. Renee Schecksnyder's got a 2.84. That was at Bridgeside Marina. The ladies' uh, speckled trout division for the western part of the state, wide open. Weigh a fish, ladies, a legal fish, and you'll get your name on the board. Uh, kayak division for the southeast. Edgar Oob has a 2.20. Uh, that was weighed in at Gales in Leeville. Kayak southwest is open. The west zone, Trey Gross, has a 4.05. That's very respectable for a trout out of a kayak. Hope that hold on. Got a long way to go on these leaderboard leaders. Sheephead, east side of the state, Billy Chasson, 7.14 pounds. Weighed in at Bridgeside Marina. Sheephead West was Randy Duga, 7.15. That was weighed in at Hackberry Fishing Camp and Marina. I got a sneaking suspicion that that east zone, uh, that Wrigley's area is always producing the winners for that uh, sheephead category. Anyway, there's a, some, several other categories, lots of openings, and plenty of time to get into it. Speaking of CCA and their events, the West Bank Banquet is uh, scheduled for this coming Thursday. It will be at NOLA Motorsports Park. That's on Nicole Boulevard in Avondale. Cocktails at 6, followed by dinner and auction, $75 a person. And, yes, you can buy your Star Rodeo ticket there. It's West Bank CCA, Thursday at NOLA Sports Motorsports Park in Avondale. All right, we also have a couple of rodeos end of the month. They're kind of staying away from the Father's Day weekend. That's understandable. 38th Annual Creole Classic, June 24th, 25th, 26th. Bridgeside Marina, you can purchase your tickets online, creoleclassic.com. Got the Golden Meadow Fouchon Tarpon Rodeo, July 4th weekend. Dose of the Coast Redfish Rodeo, 
This is a good one, and it will be open on uh, June 26. It's a one-day rodeo, $300 per four-person team. You're looking for the two heaviest redfish. This is a redfish rodeo headquarters at Delta Marina in Buras. You can get tickets there or go to the Facebook page, Dose of the Coast. All right, that's kind of our rundown on events. Oh, wait, Alabama Alligator Hunters still taking registrations till July 24th for the lottery. 260 alligator possession tags for five zones. If you want to apply, go to alabamainteractive.org. Or go to their website, Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, and you can figure it all out, how to get you and become the next Swamp People star. All right, right after this, we head for Grand Isle. Talk to Daryl Carpenter and find out what that... House Bill 691, a lot of changes in license structures and fees. What's that going to mean for you folks that love to take charters? And if you're a charter boat operator, back with Daryl's report right after this time out. You're listening to Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, well, uh, talking to Daryl Carpenter, RealScreamers.com. Uh, Daryl, we got a two-part mission this morning. Explain what the new House Bill 691, if signed by Governor Edwards, will mean for charter fishermen and charter customers, and also a fishing report on the Grand Isle area. Your choice in the order you want to do them. I will take the bill first. I mean, the, the bill first really doesn't have that big of an impact on charter charters themselves. There, There is a slight increase in our and our charter fees, uh, a charter license fee. So there'll, there'll be a slightly a slight increase on that. Uh, any full-time guy or, or you know, anybody that's doing it for a living should be very easy to afford that. Uh, the, the biggest increase that's going to kind of affect, affect our customers is the, the customer license, that three-day pass that you buy if you're fishing specifically with a charter boat. That went from $10 to $20. That's still that's twenty dollars for three days for the privileges of three days of fishing. When you when you survey it across the Gulf, it's still one of the cheapest out there. Uh, I think it's going to be very affordable. And hey, somebody that's fixing to spend all the time and money they do coming down to charter fish, uh, an extra ten dollars should not hurt them whatsoever. So I think you know, being it was nobody likes increases, but I think it was fairly reasonable. Um, as far as the fishing report on Grand Isle, I guess the only the good news about the fishing report on Grand Isle is it can't do anything but get better. Um, we have had, since that weather came through last week, I don't know where it's originating from. I don't know where it's coming from, but just exceptionally dirty, muddy water everywhere. Um, it, it's really strange. I mean, you know, you can, you can in a two-mile stretch, you'll get three or four different color changes in the water. Um, it's been hard to find been hard to find some clean water that's got fish in it. It's been coming later in the morning. It seems 8, 9 o'clock in the morning is when the water clears up, and that's when people start catching. Um, as far as bait, hey, we're still real heavy on the live shrimp, which is very easy to find. I think we've solved that issue. Um, uh, but it just all depends. I mean, go loaded for bear. We we fished all the way to the east over by Port Sulphur the other day. When we got when we were over there, all they wanted was plastic. Plastic was out catching live shrimp three to one. Uh, as we worked our way back to Grand Isle, we got closer to the island. They would not touch a piece of plastic. It had to be a live shrimp. So it's you know the, I don't think these fish can make up their mind from one minute to the next what they want. So you you kind of got to go loaded with a little bit of everything. They're calling for a little bit of a west wind today. Any specific uh, tips or suggestions for fishing Grand Isle on a westerly wind? Uh, Don, I, I like the west wind. I think it helps to bring in some cleaner water. Uh, it's it's what we've been needing. We've been having that predominantly south and southeast wind. 
and everything's been muddy. The wind is not blowing hard. I saw the forecast. Noah's forecast says 15 to 20. Uh, knock on wood, let's hope they miss that all day long because it's blowing maybe five miles an hour now out of the east, out of the west. I mean, uh, very manageable wind, very light wind. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a problem on any of your planned fishing spots. Got it. Now, if somebody wants to get in on some of that good action down there this summer, I know boy, it's starting to get crowded down there. they got a lot of fishing roads, just about one, at least one, every weekend now throughout till, till Labor Day. Uh, tell them how to get a hold of you if they want to still take advantage of that $10. That is such a bargain, $10 to fish three days with a Carter Captain. Tell them how to get you. Well, they can find me on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. Uh, of course, we've got realscreamers.com, or just pick up the phone, 225 225- Nine three seven six two eight eight. All right, my friend, catch a boatload. We'll see you next week. All right, Don, have a good one. All right, Daryl Carpenter. In fact, if you want to head down to Grand Island Fish to Surf, check out this week's Bayou Wild TV. Uh, we've got our no boat, no problem. We did a great surf fishing trip down there on Elmer's Island. Uh, don't need a whole lot of equipment, just you, some flip-flops, uh, basically a fishing pole, and a stringer to put your fish on and a net. Uh, you'll get the, There's some advice on things you should bring down there, but it's not very much, and you can have some excellent fishing down there. No charge for Elmer's Island. It's a public resource. It's a real treasure. All right, we got just about a minute left to go, and I'm going to tell you what's coming up next hour. Ryan, uh, our plastic man, Ryan Lambert, is going to join us for a fishing report as well. Born on the Bayou, Captain Mike Gallo. Brendan Bayard's got a paddler's report. We're going to talk to David Cresson about the fate of House Bill 535. And also uh, we're going to talk to Joey Galatis, a concerned waterfowl hunter, about some of the, the language that was in the passage of House Bill 691 with relation to where your duck license, duck stamp, and print money will be going. All of that still to come in your text messages, 504-260-1870. Have you ever seen a Louisiana black bear? And welcome back in. If you've been uh, following the program for the last several weeks, you know we've been tracking several bills in the Louisiana legislature that affect uh, sportsmen in the state of Louisiana. One of those has been House Bill 691, which... In addition to restructuring and increasing the amounts of license fees to better support the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, there's also some other things that have been in this bill. And one of them was the creation of a conservation fund, a special account known as the Louisiana Duck License Stamp and Print Fund. And what it says is the Treasurer shall pay into this fund all amounts received through the sales of the duck license portion, the duck stamps, which are now going from 550 to $12 in Louisiana, and revenue that comes off of our duck uh, print, uh, the stamp print fund. And what the, this bill will do is put half of that money into that should be used for in-state waterfowl management programs and purposes. The other 50% will be deposited uh, and dedicated by the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission to the development and preservation of breeding grounds for migratory waterfowl. Uh, through Ducks Unlimited or under the direction of Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission at its discretion. Uh, One of my arguments, and a lot of people across this state, consider what has been going on in Louisiana with waterfowl hunting as a crisis. Uh, We feel that this money, rather than being spent on the breeding grounds where they have no problem, the numbers show there's been plenty of ducks hatched, but the problem is they don't migrate like they used to for what 
Reason is uncertain. There's a lot of conjecture about that. There was some movement among some of the opponents of this to take that money and keep it here in the state of Louisiana uh, for improving our habitats here in an effort to attract, and if the waterfowl do come, to hold them here and have better duck hunting. Uh, Joey Galatis, a former uh, chairman, ch- chapter chairman for Delta Waterfowl and a concerned waterfowl hunter is with us. He's been watching this issue. And uh, Joey, you contacted State Senator Sharon Hewitt, who has been very active. She is a duck hunter. She understands the problem. And uh, tell us what she told you, basically, if you can sum up her response to you when you asked her to support keeping the money here in Louisiana. Hey, good morning, Don. Thanks for having me this morning. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, if you don't mind, I'll just read her email that that she sent me, if you don't mind, just just so I don't mess anything up. Yeah, Um, sure. Go ahead. She says, uh, Joey, as you might imagine... Ducks Unlimited unleashed all of their folks on Baton Rouge after I added that amendment in committee. She says, I was just trying to keep our money in Louisiana, exclamation point. Today on the Senate floor, the language referring to the use of the funds was changed from a shall to a may, meaning that the department has some discretion on whether or not they send part of our money up north to the breeding ground or keep it all here to invest in our habitat. Many folks have talked about the flyway and the corn that seems to present us, prevent us from seeing as many ducks in Louisiana uh, like we used to, but the flyway seems to be the issue. But I'm not sure how to address that. The bill is now on its way back to the House or concurrence. Respectfully, Sharon Hewitt. Well, now we know what has happened. Uh, it, it's passed in that form and is sitting on the governor's desk awaiting to be signed. Uh, your thoughts and, and feelings on sending money to the breeding grounds, as has been done for so many years, or keeping all or a major portion of that money here in Louisiana to help our situation with waterfowl programs here? Well, I firmly believe, first of all, let me let me again thank Duke Lowry. Uh, he did a tremendous job at the uh, committee meeting uh, with all those senators. Um, also, Josh Goins uh, was a part of that, and I thank those guys for, uh, for doing what they're doing. But um, I, I totally believe uh, that all of that money – needs to stay in our state. Um, from what I heard, um, the very people who say we need money in this state, uh, I believe Larry Reynolds put a resolution into that bill on the floor uh, to not keep all of that money. Uh, with the matching funds, with DACA and private matching funds, you're talking almost a million dollars a year. Now, a million dollars is a lot of money to me. Maybe that's not a lot of money to our state waterfowl leader and his administration, but there is a dire crisis in in our uh, need of waterfowl to to come back to Louisiana. Um, the breeding grounds are seeing huge, huge 
uh, record numbers of breeding ducks, and we're just not seeing them. We're not seeing them. Everybody else is seeing them, but we're not seeing them. And one of the phrases that I get from Larry Reynolds, uh, and, and I'm not beating him up. I'm sure he has great intentions, but basically we just need to get used to it. Pack your bags and go to where the ducks are because Louisiana will never have our ducks again. That's not the type of leader I want in the state of Louisiana. Um, and I disagree with a lot of things he says, um, but, you know, there, there needs to be some compromise. And, and there's something more to it when you just overlook a million dollars for your own state when you're crying about not having money and your department's about to be debunked if you don't have some other help from the state. Yeah. There, there's more to it. That there, there's something very fishy about not wanting to stand up and put Louisiana duck hunters first. Joey, we're, we're just about out of time, but, but thanks for your involvement in this, and thanks for you know doing what a responsible waterfowl hunter should do, contacting your state representative, letting them know your feelings. And I think as this word gets out, maybe things will change. And for, for now, yeah, the attitude of, well, that's all we can do, get used to it, live with it, you still got it good here. That's not good enough for Louisiana waterfowl hunters. I can promise you that. But thanks for your involvement, Joey, and maybe we'll talk again soon. We'll we'll keep this issue on the front burner and try to get it solved. It's uh, just too precious of a resource to just blow it off and say, well, let's raise the money and send it up north, and we can go up north with the money and go hunt up there because we just don't have the duck hunting here in Louisiana anymore. That's, That's not the answer that anybody wants to hear. Again, thanks, Joey, for being with us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Don. All right, we come back after this. It's time for a Mike Gallo fishing report. A lot of you love to hear Mike tell you all that advice and tips. He'll tell you where he's been, where he's going, and how you can duplicate it. Coming back right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. So you ever been broke down out on the water? Who are you going to call? Well, Ghostbusters ain't going to help you. No, you got to call Sito for $179 a year. They give you a membership with unlimited fuel drops, jump starts for electrical problems, whatever it takes, even towing, to get you back safely to the dock. CTO, AAA on the water, peace of mind for you and your loved ones. And it's just one phone call away. Captain Chris, 504-301-4545. Or click, do that click to CTO.com. You get signed up real quick and it'll be effective immediately. They uh, make this Born on the Bayou report with Mike Gallo possible. He joins us now. Captain Mike, uh, how's the fishing been this week, and what's the forecast for this weekend with a, a westerly wind, which in your area, mm, no bueno, as they say. <laughs> well, I tell you, Don, it's been a, it's been a very productive week. Uh, most of the week we, we got live shrimp, and we fished at some of the rigs in Lake Bourne, catch a mess of trout. Anywhere from 10 to 30 trout seems to be the average. And by 9, 30, 10 o'clock, we're heading into the marsh, see if we can catch some redfish to finish out our day. That was our pattern all the way up till today. I got two fellows from Tennessee area. They're going to be throwing all artificials, and we're going to be pursuing strictly redfish. So uh, there's low water. The tide is rising throughout the day. So first thing in the morning, Hopefully we can see them, do some sight casting to them, and then 
as the water gets higher and higher, we'll be growing closer and closer to the grass and fishing some weedless lures to hopefully come back with a limit. Yeah, well, you got a 1.8 tide range, so you got a lot of water moving. Should be good for the interior marsh red fishing. But getting back to those Lake Bourne rigs where you picked up those trout, uh, tell us how do you fish those shallow water rigs in Lake Bourne for speckled trout? How do you rig up and what do you use? I've been using the drop shot, and my standard drop shot is a one-ounce bank sinker, and I like a number two octopus hook. And you can get that many different brand names. I, I use a Mustad hook, but there's several different brand names of the, uh, of the octopus style of hook. And if I'm getting too much trash fish, croakers, stingrays, catfish, that sort of thing, I'll try to mix in a slip cork. And if the slip cork is producing better than the drop shot, obviously we switch everybody on the boat over to the slip cork. Uh, when I have been using the slip cork, I've been setting it at about seven foot deep. So that's been our pattern throughout the week. And how, how many of those rigs are out there in Lake Bourne? Oh, wow. I think there's 12 or 15. You got me thinking now. There's two, three, four, five <laughs> off Alligator Point and Shell Point. There's the two-lane rig. There's the Aquila rig. Um, there's quite a few. There's quite a few. I think the secret is if you can find rigs that are no longer there, but the shell pad is still there. And I believe the Wildlife and Fisheries website will have the GPS coordinates for some of those rigs that are no longer there, visible above the water. A lot of people fish visible structure. So it's Mm -hmm. a good tip to be able to find where those rigs were. Uh, It'll take a little bit of homework. You know, you get a buoy with uh, a lead weight on it, set it at about 14 feet deep, and when you get to the GPS location, you put your depth finder on, do circles until you find the shells, and drop your buoy over, then back away, anchor, and cast back toward the buoy that you put in the water. And that'll help you catch some fish because you'll be fishing areas that not a lot of people continue to fish. You know, a lot of those rigs, like the two-lane rig, they're big, they're obvious, people love to go to them. But really, they shouldn't overlook those little, I call them candle-type rigs. You know, just the little pipes is all that's there. And uh, the shell reefs on the bottom of those, so you don't want to pass any of those up either. Exactly. And there's several rigs right off Alligator Point, which is going to be somewhat protected water from a west wind because those are more on the western side of Lake Bourne. I can think of six right there off of Alligator Point and Shell Point, uh, right in Lake Bourne. And they've been producing uh, so far this, this spring. And when you're rig fishing, always remember your uh, boat of courtesy when you're approaching and you got several other boats in the area, you know, not to disturb them. And if you can't get in there because it's just you just go find another rig and then come back later. Mike, thanks for the report. If you would, give us the ways people can get a hold of you. They can find you on the Internet. They can find you on telephone. They can find you on Facebook and on my website. Tell them all the ways. Well, you can find me at aaofla.com. You can find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com or on Facebook under Angling Adventures or the Reliable Telephone, which is 985-781-7811. Hey, and congratulations on becoming the first-class seafood boiler, too. You're doing a great job on those crabs. My Texas guys love those crabs. They'll be back in about (laughs) two weeks, so we may be doing it again. 
There you go. All right, hope those Tennessee guys get some redfish. Show them how to do them on the half shell. Sounds good, Don. We'll talk to you next week, and y'all have a good weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Captain Mike Gallo, born on the bayou. Coming back after this, if you uh, like Brendan Bayard and Eric Mohabarak and many other people like to paddle for your fish using a kayak, he's got the report for you. It's next on The Outdoors with Don. And if you're going stroking for your fish, uh, our paddler slash peddler report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is presented by Massey's Outfitters, Mid-City, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Covington. Got some of the best kayak fishing models from brands like Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft, and Hobie, including that new Lynx. Visit their website for products in those demo days at MasseyOutfitters.com or check them out on Facebook. Brendan Bayard joins us this morning for the report. Brendan, uh, you keep an eye on all these new kayaks that come and go. This Hobie Lynx, I saw a picture of it. It's kind of mean and lean, and according to what you're saying, they're probably short in short order trying to find one, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a great boat, and uh, certainly, um, you know, guys that want to, you know, not mess with a whole lot of stuff, but want to throw something quick in the back of their truck or, or even mothership, you know, where you have a bay boat and you just put this thing up on the, on the side of it, uh, real small profile, like a, a stand-up paddleboard, but with the Hobie drive capability, I think it's a winner. If you're going to, uh, you know, a lot of, like a lot of us do, they, we go to the beach for the summer, you know, maybe take a week and go to Destin or Pensacola. You throw this thing right on top of your roof rack. You go out there, you got uh, something to play in the ways, and, and maybe you can steal it from your kids and go fish for a while. I mean, I think the possibilities are endless. So uh, I think a lot of people are getting I think they only have one left at Massey's mm-hmm. right now. So uh, uh, until the next order comes in, uh, somebody uh, may have heard this and maybe be driving over there right now to get that last link. <laughs> you better hurry. Uh, Brendan, uh, all of the coast from Mississippi line to Texas state line, Everything south, all the ponds, the saltwater air has really been good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's been uh, catching a lot of trout on the uh, coast. You know, you, you've got to uh, pick the days where uh, the the waves are not churning up and making water clarity a problem. But, uh, you know, the last couple of days were a little dirty down on the coast. But, you know, it's a pattern like anything is. And, you know, after we get a, a little bit of lull in these winds, it'll get back to to normal and uh, you'll be able to go out there but you can still catch fish if you're going right now i would just pick a place that's a little bit more protected try to get some of that clarity on your side uh if you were going out to fushan i, w- I would maybe fish the inside of bell pass on that on that uh western edge right there this morning there's a lot of trout it's really close proximity to the beach itself but at the same time it's it's a little bit more protected on the inside of those rocks right there uh, if you're in the Grand Isle area, you could launch over there behind uh, the island at the kayak launch and paddle up to Dutch Island. That east uh, side of the uh, Dutch Island right there has a, a lot of nice big trout, uh, especially on the northern end. There's a big reef up there. Uh, I've been up there and, and caught limits of trout really easily this time of year. I think that's always a great place to go and try. And, uh, you know, always tuck it into the marsh after uh, that tide comes up in the morning uh, is always a good place to go to. Brendan, uh, Hobie sponsored a, an event on Sam Rayburn over in Texas, and some guys from Louisiana Bayou Coast Club went over there. How did they make out? 
Yeah, uh, Francis Tran uh, took uh, 16th place out of like 120 anglers. Uh, real competitive group of anglers that travels all over the country. Uh, as as the whole bass fishing scene grows, you're seeing ties uh, with the Bassmaster Classic developed for kayak anglers. Uh, all kinds of giant clubs uh, are forming to focus specifically on bass fishing. And I think you'll see a lot of the tournament focus just kind of shift towards these uh, these big traditional uh, bass fishing type of tournaments. So uh, looking forward to seeing what the guys that get into the bass fishing world do. Uh, I think there's some incredible opportunities to uh, get into bass fishing and, and bass fishing, tournament fishing, uh, you know, the whole high school thing that's come up in the last decade or so where people are, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time if you uh, if you want to seek some um, some easier opportunities for bass fishing and uh, kayak fishing is one of those opportunities that is budding right now. Well, I don't think we've heard the last from Francis Tran. I understand he's a very good fisherman, and we'll probably be hearing a lot more about him in competitive events. Yeah, he's. Uh, I know he's won a, a several BCK or Bayou Coast events and uh, IFAs that I've fished against with him so uh he's always one to uh to watch for he uh he's a great fisherman well brendan i'm gonna let you know sometime this weekend we'll make a call on our overnight fishing trip with philip logan of explore kayak uh we'll get it in if not this uh, coming week at some point in the future look forward to fishing with you and hearing again from you on the radio my friend Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Hopefully we can get out there and uh, catch some fish together. It's been a while. Yes, yes sir. And uh, get to see the great Brendan Bay on Bayou Wild TV. Have, that'll be a first. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, thanks again, Brendan. We'll talk later. All right, bye-bye. There he goes. All right, yeah, we got a trip planned this week, an overnight trip to the beaches down there, and you'll get to see that and tell you how you can duplicate it do it yourself a little bit later on all right we come back after this oh i had a hard choice to make had so many bad boys reported on this week but we have picked a couple they were caught cheating in a tournament which can be a felony in louisiana their story is next on the outdoors with don dubuque radio network all right i mentioned i got to see my first louisiana black bear in the wild last week on my drive home on highway 90 near weeks island asking our audience if they have ever spotted louisiana black bears and this one's in from chris the best spot to uh possibly spot a black bear's tents on national wildlife refuge many deer hunters see them there yeah chris i've been trying to get up there with uh, maria davidson who heads up the louisiana wildlife and fisheries black bear program uh terry jones a fellow outdoor writer association member uh can kind of show us around up there we just have not gotten a chance but that is on our list of shows to shoot as a black bear feature up in that area uh here's one that says i saw a louisiana black bear on my hunting property in Madison Parish in Tallulah. Another says, I drive from Homer to Franklin five days a week, have seen 11 bear. Five were dead, six alive over a five-year period. There's a lot of bears crossing the roads. Why does a bear cross the road? Huh? I have to ask that question. And then uh, from David Hubble, I'm going to make David our, our unofficial chairman of the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Program Fan Club for Alabama Chapter. <laughs> make him chairman. He had a black bear got hit two miles from his house in Westmobile just Thursday. He's in the populated suburbs, too. Yeah, they 
can get into some places where they don't belong. Uh, other than that, we've got this one. Uh, we got the Irish Coonass. He says, good morning. Hope you have a great weekend. We're going up the rivet for trout, specks, whites, reds, whatever is biting. And we have a question, fishing for catfish with my little girl tomorrow. What's the best possible bait I can use in non-existent moving water on the Fowl River in Alabama? Well, I'll tell you what, big, large, lively, kicking earthworms, fish on the bottom, catfish you want to fish the bottom, is tough to beat. I'll tell you another one. If you don't mind the stink, get some of that catfish cheese dough bait and put a little ball on your hook and get it down to the bottom and anything with a scent. That's why catfish have those little barbel whiskers. They pick up scents and they follow it to the bait, and uh, you should have a great trip. Hope you and your little girl get some some catfish for the pot. All right, here's one uh, It says they see one about every hunt in Franklin Parish. Yeah, in those certain areas, they're very common. And uh, I was just glad I, I finally got to see one. Hopefully, I'll see more. All right, we come back after well, this quick 10-second pause. We're going to let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are. Then we're back with the bad boys of the outdoors. Well, we had no shortage of recent Louisiana bad boys. We had an illegal alligator killer in East Baton Rouge Parish, two Louisianians, a Texan and a Pennsylvanian, nailed for over-the-limit and closed-season red snapper down in Plaquemines Parish, and a Gibson, Louisiana man cited for shooting a doe out of season on a public road. All bad boy stories for another day. But today, we tell you about the Wildlife and Fisheries agents citing two Caddo Parish, Louisiana men, Hunter Moss and Philip Purcell for alleged contest fraud in Caddo Parish on May 29th. The agents received a complaint that Moss and Purcell had committed contest fraud. During an investigation, they learned that Moss and Purcell caught three bass earlier during the week, kept them alive in a basket near a dock, and during questioning, Moss and Purcell admitted to retrieving the three bass from the dock when the tournament started. They put them in the, with their five bass limit and weighed them in for the tournament. And if convicted, remember, they admitted to cheating, facing a $3,000 fine and a year in jail, our 24-year-old Hunter Moss of Mooringsport and 30-year-old Philip Purcell of Oil City are bad boys of the outdoors. Yeah, hunting contests, you know, big buck contests and bass tournaments that offer big prizes, it can be a felony in Louisiana. Do not fish and hunt and cheat. Coming back after this, we got the Louisiana man. Uh, He's a Louisiana man, but he's also a plastic man because he loves to throw that plastic at fish. Captain Ryan Lambert joins us right after this on the Outdoors with W Radio Network. And I have more texters who have uh, witnessed black bears in Louisiana. Texter 8080 says they see one about every hunt in Franklin Parish. And texter 5939 said they saw one years ago, Highway 190 north of Irwinville. I have joined that list of people who have seen them in the wild. And I got to tell you, it was uh, pretty exciting. Captain Ryan Lambert joins us. Ryan, you ever see a Louisiana black bear in the wild? No, just giant neutrals. <laughs> yeah, the long tail black bear <laughs> with the light coat. Yeah. I tell you what, it's have, uh, it's, it's it was. I have seen one in uh up there uh, in Delcom, up there hunting mm-hmm. with um 
those boys, you know, Bert and all those guys, they had some problems with them. Actually, they're nuisance. They get in your garbage. They, you know, you got to tighten everything down when you have them around. They'll tear the seat off your lawnmower. They're just crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about, in fact, there's a lawsuit pending about opening a hunting season, which I don't have anything against anybody who wants to hunt a black bear. I understand the meat is edible. Um, and, of course, the, the bear rugs and the trophy mounts are popular. It's just not my thing. I wouldn't want to kill one, but I sure love seeing them in the wild. But I have nothing against anybody that would want to hunt them. And, of course, those kind of things, you know, the money goes back into preservation and conservation, so it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I've eaten them myself, and they're, they're good. It's not not just edible, but good. And uh, But, again, I have no envy. I've been invited many, many times to Maine and Alaska and Canada and wherever, but I, I just don't have an envy to kill a bear for some reason. I don't I don't even like watching it on TV. That's kind of weird because, you know, I kill stuff for a living. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're yeah, a born, you're a born killer for sure. But I'm yeah. the same way. It's just, uh, I don't know, maybe it's uh, they're a little up. A higher on the chain of life than than other things and no desire to kill one but not against anybody who does hey did you know that uh you hunting guides are going to need special licenses now that uh, was part of that house bill 691 uh, they threw something in on us huh it's okay whatever, yeah whatever and I'm a, it says no person shall act or represent to be a hunting guide unless they possess a valid guide license proof of liability insurance and a valid state recreational hunting license it's going to cost really? an annual fee for a resident $150. For a non-resident, it will be $600. And if you're using a vessel, if you're a duck guide, you got to have a U.S. Coast Guard captain license. Now, your guys, no problem because they fish anyway as well as duck hunt. But for some people, this is going to be an added expense, and I hope they find out about it. Yeah, um, that's going to be a – there's a lot, a lot of duck guys that don't have a license. Absolutely, wow. and not just yeah. dunk, duck guides. If you're a deer guide or a, a squirrel guide or a woodcock guide or any kind of guide, if you're taking money for you know a service to provide hunting information for people, you got to have the license. And then you, if you're on a boat, if you get in a boat with customers, in fact, if you do anything for pay in a boat, they also have now a wild, I think it's called a wild Louisiana guide license. In other words, if you take people on kayak trips, photography trips, I'm thinking swamp tours, you know, if you're doing it on Louisiana properties, management is, you're going to have to have a license for that, too. I wonder if, if I'm going to have to have an additional license to hunt. Um, you know, I might have to yes, I think you will. You, yeah, you yeah, you will have to have a hunting license, but when you've I already got your Coast Guard license. Because I was, you know, I, I was kept up with that bill pretty good, and I didn't see that in there anywhere. Yeah, I tell you, they. Well, I read all sixty-four pages of it. It wasn't the most interesting reading I've ever done, but I found a lot of things in there that I was unaware of, and I think most people aren't aware of it. I'm so used to saying yes, dear, to Carmen and all the girls. I guess I'll (laughs) tell them yes, dear, go do it. You know, (laughs) add another one into it. I know what you mean. I I, I was in a house with four women. I know what saying yes means. Ryan, (laughs) give me a quick fishing report on Plaquemines Parish. What happens down there? Uh, we we hit the trout real good yesterday. We had some nice trout, but right now you today you got a point of one point nine foot of tide, so that kind of takes the rigs out of it. That kind of takes 
open water out of it because when the river, when it's flowing that hard, it's very difficult for the fish to just come up and feed just anywhere. So, so you know, look for islands, look for little uh, things that'll break the tide, and you'll have a, a lot better success catching the fish today because that's that's strong. That's really a strong tide. But uh, the boys, I, we have a, a sheephead bite. That's crazy for the summer right now. These boys are hammering the sheepheads when they're fishing their reds. So, I mean, every day they're catching 30, 40, 50 sheepheads, you know, along with their reds. We don't keep all of them, but we keep, you know, the, the nicer ones to clean. But uh, it's been a one heck of a sheephead bite for about two weeks now. So um, not too much on the, on the flounder side, though. Um, and then if I do catch one, I turn them loose, so. You know, this area is just, just don't have the flounders like it used to. We, why? I think the oil spill, but, you know, there's other things. Some people say global warming, but like I said, it didn't warm in Lake Charles, so I don't get it. <laughs> well, let's see. You know, now that wildlife and fisheries is going to be better funded, let's see if we get some results and, you know, put in some more management programs and studies to better manage our resources. Ryan, you go catch some fish. I'm going to tell people how to get you, and we'll see you next week, my friend. All right, buddy. We'll see you then, buddy. All right, CajunFishingAdventures.com, or give him a call, 504-559-5111. Coming back after this, David Cressaw joins us uh, for the final time to talk about House Bill 535, the final disposition of the bill that would create a buffer zone from our coast for Menhaden, or otherwise known as pogey boats. Back with David right after. All right, uh, since the beginning of the Louisiana legislative session, uh, we have been tracking House Bill 535 by Representative Joseph Ogeron to create a buffer zone from Louisiana's coast uh, for the Manhattan industry. The pogey boats is what they're called. David Cresson, Executive Director of the Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association, has been keeping us up to date on the bill and tracking it. Uh, David, I don't think we need to hash out the details of the bill as it was in its original form, but uh, just to bring the listeners up to date, uh, there was an amendment put forth uh, when we talked to you last week that the half mile was changed to a quarter mile. There was also some provisions for allowing the fishermen on the boats to keep their bycatch. Uh, You said that the author and the proponents were not happy with that. Pick it up from there. What happened to House Bill 535 now that the session's over? Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Don. You're 100% right. The the bill was uh, was kind of hijacked in the Senate committee. Uh, there were there were a, a particular senator or two that were against the bill because these plants are in their district, and so they fought particularly hard against ever letting that bill get voted on in the full Senate. Uh, so they they amended it in committee. It went to the full Senate in that amended form. It passed uh, very easily. Uh, and then once it got back to Representative Ogeron, he very smartly rejected those amendments. Uh, the bill went to what's called conference committee, which is uh, which is sort of a last-ditch effort to, to try and save the integrity of the bill. And it uh, ultimately it did not uh, it did not end up in a favorable uh, you know in a favorable way. So the, the the bill was never we were never able to get the bill back to its original form. And so Representative Ogeron. Uh, standing up for the coast said, you know what, we'll just try this again next year. And so the bill uh, right now, it, it did not make it this year. We were not surprised by that, by the way. We we figured going in that this was going to be an uphill battle. You're talking about a big industry with lots of money uh, and some very powerful friends. Uh, we were disappointed that the governor's administration uh, fell on the side of the industry in this particular case. So we were 
we were very pleased with the, uh, the the awareness that came out of this. We figured that the bill would struggle to get through the Senate side, uh, but we uh, we had an overwhelming number of legislators uh, express a desire for there to be a coastwide buffer. And really it just came down to some political maneuvering at the end that, that made it to where the bill did not ultimately pass. But uh, I can assure you this, that uh, our coalition of partners is uh, their resolve is even stronger. Representative Ogeron has already said that he can't wait to bring this back up again in the future. Um, and there's plenty of legislators who, who now know that this is a really important issue. And, and sometimes it just takes time when it's, uh, when it's, uh, when you're dealing with politics. And hopefully there can be more data accumulated to give people a better idea. Do you have anything on the CCA or any other website that would give a, a detailed explanation of the science behind this if someone wants to read up on it and, and be better prepared to voice their opinion next year? Sure. Well, I will tell you that the, your listeners and all of the, the fishing community came out in an absolutely amazing way to support this bill this year. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about it, you can go to ccalouisiana.com. There is a, a button at the top of our homepage that, uh, that indicates, uh, you know, more information about House Bill 535. And if you if you go down the different rabbit holes inside that link, you can find all sort of information about about the industry, uh, about uh, about why we think this is important, and there are some links to to some of the science. Now, I will tell you, Don, part of our effort moving forward. Uh, is going to increase the level of the science that we have to go on, uh, find more data about the economic impacts of, of not only the industry but the recreational fish, uh, industry that is, you know, that is damaged by this industry. So we've got uh, we've got a great start on this. We've got a phenomenal base of people that care about this, uh, and uh, we've got work to do to to try and see it through next year and beyond. Well, thanks to you, and uh, thanks to the Coastal Conservation Association for your effort. This is the proper way to do things in this country. It's a democracy. People have their opinion. They bring it forth to the legislature, and sometimes it doesn't go your way. But uh, I I don't think this fight is over, as you said, by any means. Thank you for what you did, David, and thank you so much for being with us and keeping us up to date. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Don. All right, David Cresson, Executive Director, Coastal Conservation Association. All right, next weekend, what do we got? A big Father's Day weekend. Make some plans. Take Dad fishing or doing something in the great outdoors. I'm sure he'd appreciate it because he probably took you. I know my dad got me started. All right, we'll be back next week with another addition to our journey into the great outdoors. We call it the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.